Welcome to Write Good, the podcast that helps you write good. I'm Aris Benedict. The path to literary success is often a thorny one, full of scammy contests, shady vanity publishers, and predatory agents. It's easy for a writer to get tricked into wasting time and money on a bad faith actor. Fortunately, there are ways to protect yourself. With us today is Victoria Strauss, novelist, SFWA member, and co-founder of Writer Beware, a website about frauds and other questionable behavior in the publishing industry. Hi, Victoria. Hi. Tell us about yourself and what you do at Writer Beware. Thank you for having me, first of all. I'm a novelist. I've written nine novels for adults and young adults. And as you mentioned, I'm a member of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. And many years ago, uh, they were looking for somebody to establish a website to warn about fraud in the publishing world. And I've always been interested in that. I never have been scammed myself. But, you know, when I first went online in the late 1990s, I saw all these stories from authors who had been scammed. And I just got interested in it. So I jumped at the chance to uh, set up this website called Writer Beware. And uh, my colleague and friend, Anne Crispin, at the same time was also uh, engaged in anti-scam activities. So we joined forces and uh, she unfortunately passed away in 2013, but I'm still going strong. So what we do is to track and warn about schemes and scams in the publishing world. Um, And we do that through our website, writerbeware.com. We also have a very active blog and we run a Facebook page. And when we first started doing this in 1998, which I can't believe it's been so long. (laughs) 20 years. I know, I know, don't remind me. I know. We really thought that we would eventually put ourselves out of business. Uh, But, you know, 20 years on, writers and publishing people are a lot more savvy about scams, but there really are more schemes and scams than ever. So we are very, very busy. Yeah, Um, yeah. I've seen your blog. You get new material on there all the time, and I've noticed that a lot of the guys that you report on sort of shut down, but then started again with like a new name or a new logo or something like that. And they just keep popping back up. It sounds kind of tough. It is. It is. But it's also very interesting. Yeah. And we do, you know, our warnings um, have an impact. I hear from writers who say, you know, I saw your post and I was able to avoid the scam. Or else they write to me and say, uh, I've been scammed. How can you help? And um, I really, you know, that's what makes it all worthwhile. That's awesome that you're able to help people. Mm -hmm. So... How common are scams in the publishing industry? Like, is it nonstop inundation of scumbags or is it really rare? Like, how paranoid should we be? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
well, not too paranoid as long as you educate yourself, because one of the best way to avoid being scammed or ripped off is to understand the publishing world. And that includes publishing and self-publishing. The more you know about the way things should be, the easier it is to recognize bad actors and questionable companies. I would say that true scams are not super common, but there are enough of them that uh, you do need to be on your guard and uh, not take everything at face value. For instance, Mm -hmm. if you participate in a Twitter pitch contest and uh, you get a like from a publisher, don't just assume that they're reputable. Do some extra research. Right. A bigger threat, though, is the huge number of publishers and editors and service providers for authors who just are not qualified to do what they do. Mm. It's so easy these days to set yourself up as a publisher or to hang out your shingle as an editor. Uh, You just really don't need any qualifications or licenses. And there are a lot of people, you know, some of them are well-intentioned, some not so much who just really don't know what they're doing. So it's super important to check credentials and do research and writerware can help with that because we have a big database of complaints and reports about questionable people and companies. Uh, You can write to us and we will tell you what we know, if anything. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and just about anyone can say, I'm an editor right now. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the uh, growth of self-publishing has really fueled that kind of industry of services for writers from editing to formatting to illustrations to marketing. Right. You know, the list goes on. And, um, you know, the bigger the pool of writers who need the services, the bigger the pool of people who are going to provide them or purport to provide them. So you just, you really need to be careful. Right, right. So why do you think these, these kinds of frauds proliferate in the publishing industry in particular? Like, what is it about writing that breeds this? Are writers just really easy marks or... <laughs> um, it's, I would say that uh, it's not unique to publishing. Any creative endeavor is subject to the same kinds of schemes and scams. You know, headshot scams in the modeling industry, mm. pay to play in the music and, and artistic industry. I think wherever there's a creative endeavor where the bar to success is pretty high, There are always going to be people kind of clustering around purporting to offer a shortcut or to offer services. So I think I think it's definitely not unique to publishing, but Mm. there are, I think, 
there are a lot of writers <laughs> and a lot of people with books who are trying to break in or entering into self-publishing. And I think the main problem, the main thing that makes writers vulnerable is not understanding the industry before they try to break into it. Right. I hear all the time from writers who, you know, they've written a book um, and they want to be published and get readers, but they really don't even know what their options are in terms of the traditional publishing route or the self-publishing route. And they're looking to kind of learn on the fly. Right. And that is never a good idea. I mean, there's no skilled profession that you can just enter knowing nothing about it. And writing is really no different. So if writers would just take some time to educate themselves before they start looking to publish, I think a lot of scammers and schemers would be out of business. Yeah, and, and, and I think a lot of people have a wildly unrealistic idea of, of publishing. It's like, okay, I write a book, I would like a million dollars, please. Like, no. No, that's not. <laughs> that is that is so true. And some of the saddest emails I get are from retirees who say, oh, you know, I no. want to supplement my social security income. So oh, I wrote no. this book and I wanted to make money for me. And You know, it could happen, but the odds are against it. I mean, this is true across across the industry. No matter which path you choose, the big success is the outlier. Right. I mean, there's only one Stephen King. Everyone thinks, like, (laughs) I'm going to be the next Stephen King, but, like, there's already a Stephen King, and there's only one of them. (laughs) I know. There's a lot of writers. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, yes, it is, you know, that's not to say I'm not one of those people who says, you know, when I was a young writer just starting out and I would encounter other writers, they would say, oh, don't be a writer, it's a terrible, hard profession. (laughs) Um, And that's true, but I would never say it to somebody. I mean, success can happen. People make it, people break in. It's just that... You have to be realistic about your chances and educate yourself and uh, the odds that you're going to make a million bucks are pretty slim. Right. That's true in any profession. Right, right. I think it might be worthwhile to think of it as in terms of like professional athletes. Like a lot of people play sports, but not very many get that zillion dollar contract. Most just keep playing sports for fun or some people make it to minor leagues for a little while but like yeah if you're depending on oh i'm i'm gonna be the next you know gronk that's not it's probably not gonna happen (laughs) yeah that's true of musicians also you know you get that big recording contract or are you going to just be uh and actually the music industry is pretty analogous yeah, I mean, you you just got to think, go into writing in terms of, okay, I love to write, maybe I'll make some money on this, but I'm not going to quit my day job with the expectation that I'm going to get that Simon & Schuster contract, you know? 
Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, of all the things in publishing, money is the least predictable. So yeah. that is, you know, money is the ambition that you should put right at the bottom of your list. Yeah. Uh, you know, you may, it may come, but it's not something to count on. No, absolutely not. And and I do wish, I do think that people in creative industries should talk a little more openly about money just because there's like a stigma attached to talking mm-hmm. about money, but so many aspiring creatives really don't know the financial realities of it and and end up getting like a very rude awakening. And, and that's a real bummer. Yeah, I agree completely. And and there is a taboo. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it definitely exists. Yeah, it's a it's oh, it's one of my pet peeves, but it's definitely a thing that writers should talk about. But anyway, um, let us move on to the next thing and talk about a couple of really common types of bad actors. One big one that your site mentions a lot is a vanity press. Can you tell us what is a vanity press and how is it different from legitimate self-publishing? Well, everybody defines this differently, but the way that I define a vanity press is a company, for lack of a better word, that presents itself as a publisher rather than a publishing service. Um, we are an independent publisher, or we are a hybrid publisher, mm. and charges fees, or requires writers to buy something as a condition of publication. Mm. There are all kinds of companies that you have to pay for, assisted self-publishing companies, you do have to pay a fee. Uh, I wouldn't define them as vanity publishers because they're upfront about what they are and what they can provide. They don't pretend to be highly selective. They don't pretend to offer the prestige of a publisher. Vanity publishers are intentionally deceptive uh, about their business model, usually. Sometimes they will hide the fee. You won't discover it until after you have queried them. Sometimes they'll reveal that there's a payment, but they won't be honest about, you know, what the payment covers or what they bring to the table in exchange. So that's basically it. Right, right. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. What is wrong with a vanity press? They're providing a service, right? Like, you want to put out a book so you can hold it up and say, look at me, I'm a writer, I'm published. And they are providing that service for a price. So, like, what's the problem? A large part of the problem is that vanity press's uh, fees are inflated. So often they will say, you pay 5000 but we contribute much more than that in goods and services. But in truth, uh, the fee is calculated so that it will cover not just the whole cost of producing your book, but the publisher's overhead and profit as well. So if mm. you want to pay to be published, there are probably much more cost-effective options for you, such as 
an assistance of publishing company or contracting everything out yourself. Vanity publishers often also are deceptive about the marketing and uh, editing that they provide. Mm. They'll say we provide full editing, but really all they do is a basic copy edit. They may not produce high, a high-quality physical product if you're interested in print books. Yeah. They may format ebooks so that they fit in the smallest number of pages possible, so um, they're difficult to read and don't look good. Mm. You know, most of the money that they make is from the fees rather than the sale of books. So they really don't have any incentive to invest in uh, high-quality editing, design, marketing, or distribution. So what you may wind up with is a publishing experience that's otherwise very similar to what you get from an assisted self-publishing service like Ex Libris or one of the other author solution services, but costs a lot more. Right. And that's not even entering into the fact that uh, vanity publishers often provide uh, slipshod royalty accounting or mm. don't pay on time or uh, even, you know, just take the money and run. So, wow. yeah, it's, you know, there are some vanity publishers that actually do what you pay for and give you a decent product, but you're still going to wind up paying a lot more than the service is worth. I think I have seen uh, books created by a vanity press. I forget what the name is, but yeah, a, a guy I worked with bragged like, oh, I wrote a book. I, I have a book. And I thought it was unlikely because he just didn't seem like a writer. So I, I looked it up and it was very blatantly like really janky cover art and like a, a really cheap looking font. And I look inside and yeah, there are commas and periods, but the, they didn't even bother to copy edit the grammar. And it's so depressing because it's like, he's so proud he wrote a book, but you look at the, the book and it's like, oh God, this is this is bad. It, I mean, it looked like a Facebook post, basically. It, <laughs> it didn't look like a real book. I know, I know. And, and even where the product looks professional. Yeah. I won't name names. I mean, there are certain publishers that come to mind. Yeah. But even if the product does look professional, you're probably still overpaid for right. what you get. And right. then, you know, once, uh, as I said, the main profit for these publishers comes from the fees authors pay. So once the book is actually out there, you sort of may never hear from them again, except when they send you uh, your royalty statements or pressure you to buy large quantities of your own book because that's another way that they make money. Um, it's just, you know, they, they, their targeted audience is not the reader, the reading public. It's their own authors. It's a closed loop. Another scam that your site mentions is questionable contests. 
A lot of publishers run contests where you submit your work and you usually pay some kind of reading fee for a chance to win a cash prize and get published. But there are some really scammy contests out there that exist only to make money off of the entry fees and they don't really promote the writer's work. Basically, they're like pyramid schemes. So how can you tell when a contest is legit and when it's just a sort of pyramid scheme? The things to look for, a high entry fee, anything over $50 should prompt suspicion. Mm. A huge number of entry categories, like some of these contests have a hundred or more categories in which you could enter your book, and they do that in order to maximize entries so they can make as much money as possible. Um, Anonymous judging is another one to look for. One of Mm. the things that gives a contest prestige is having legitimate judges, and reputable contests should name their judges. So if the judges are anonymous or they're just described as publishing industry experts, uh, that's another reason to be suspicious because it may just be, uh, you know, the contest may just be picking things out of a hat to win. Mm. And what's another one? Solicitation. If you get an email saying, enter this contest, <laughs> it's not all that likely that the contest is legit. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. the sale of adjunct services or merchandise. Um, they may sell stickers for winners. They may, may sell plaques or mugs or T-shirts or all kinds of things. Editing, they might be selling critiques. Any contest that sells additional merchandise uh, should be treated with caution. So I, I think that's the, those are all criteria that mark a profit-making contest. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you recommend entering your work in contests that charge an entry fee? I've never done it. It always just felt kind of iffy to me. Uh, that is a caveat emptor situation. There are legit contests that charge entry fees to uh, fund the prize or if they pay an honorarium to the judges. So, you know, I would not pay, me personally, I would not pay anything over $50 or, yeah. you know, and I would hesitate to pay more than 25 But you know, you need to research the contest, look for, you know, the organization that's sponsoring it. Is that legit? Who are the judges? Are they legit? Uh, is there a real prize? Mm-hmm. You know, some of these scammy contests, the prize is a digital certificate and a listing on the website, which is not not a prize. <laughs> that is not worth money. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's always better for a contest to be free, but if there is a fee, just do research and make sure you're comfortable that it's a legit contest. I personally don't feel that most contests are worthwhile Mm. because there are very few that uh, have the prestige that can kind of burnish your writer's, your writing resume. Um, and, you know, the prize money is nice if you win, but especially if there's a fee, you may just be throwing it away. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I really think uh, you're better off submitting to publication for publication. I think that's a better validation than a contest right. win. Yeah, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. It always seemed a little weird to me entering a contest. I'm like, why don't I could just send it to a magazine and right, just exactly, also, and also make money. Exactly. <laughs> now let's talk about agents. If you're trying to get a full-length novel published, an agent is pretty much essential, is my understanding. But there are a lot of shady agencies who are more interested in ripping off writers than in promoting the work. So what do bad agents do, and how can you spot them? Uh, bad agents are way less common than they used to be. When, when Writer Beware first started, that was the main uh, thing we got complaints and questions about. But because of the many small presses that work directly with the authors and also the growth of self-publishing, it's a lot harder to make a living as a scam agent than it used to be. So there aren't that many of them out there uh, these days. What look to any agent that charges a fee of any kind is automatically suspect. Reputable agents mm. don't charge upfront fees. A reading fee, a submission fee, uh, those should all, those are all big red flags. Right. Agents who have no legitimate track record or who won't talk about their track record. Uh, the kind of agent that you want is an agent that has sold books to legitimate publishers. Uh, if you run across an agent that doesn't post their track record on their website or uh, refuses to disclose this information, that's another big red flag. Agents who have no training or experience in publishing or have never trained or worked at another agency. A literary agent is not an entry-level job. No. You need um, contacts in and knowledge of the publishing industry. So that gets back to, you know, the kind of plague of amateurism that is uh, everywhere online. It's very easy, just like it's easy to set up as a publisher, it's easy to set up as an agent, even if you have no qualifications. So if you run across an agency uh, where the person uh, has no publishing industry background, that also is a, um, a warning sign. And again, the more you know about how things should work, uh, the easier it will be to recognize non-standard practice when you encounter it. So again, uh, educating yourself ahead of time is key. Also, I would say you definitely need an agent to sell fiction to a big publishing house, but there yeah. are also a lot of smaller publishers that work directly with authors. So it okay. is much more possible these days to sell a book unagented than it used to be. Well, that's neat. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Need to make sure the publisher is legit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So my understanding is the only way agents make money is just a cut of the money you make. Any, any other fees, anything else is just like 
beware. Uh, yeah, most agents do charge back certain costs over and above the regular cost of doing business, like um, buying uh, galleys to send to co-agents overseas or, you know, if they need to FedEx something. But right. those should be uh, either taken out of your writing income or billed after they're incurred. The, the, the suspicion arises when the fee is upfront before any service has happened. Okay, that makes sense. Now, going over every kind of scam or fraud would take a long time, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> so what are some general tips you'd give to writers to keep themselves safe? Like, what are some just all-purpose red flags to look out for? Fee charging. Uh, is one. There are reputable companies that charge fees, but look out for fees where they shouldn't be. Reputable publishers don't charge fees. Reputable agents don't charge fees. I would say that, again, one of the most important things is education and knowledge. That's the best way to protect yourself is knowing as much as possible about publishing before you start trying to get published. Mm. Any agent or publisher you're looking to approach, uh, do a web search, see if complaints pop up. You can always contact writer Beware. Our email is beware at sfwa.org. We'll tell you if uh, we've received any complaints or if we know anything. Spend time on Twitter or other social media where other writers hang out. You can get a lot of good information that way. And just don't take anything at face value. Always research. Always do your research. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And besides your website, what are some other resources to check out? Well, the Writer website is writerbeware.com, and uh, we have sections there on agents, editors, publishers, copyright, contests, uh, vanity publishing, vanity anthologies, a whole range of things that writers should be aware of. Uh, we provide warnings, information about good practice, which makes it easier to recognize bad practice, and links to helpful resources. Another great resource is the Beware's Recommendations and Background Check Forum of the Absolute Right Water Cooler. That is a huge trove of information about publishers, agents, editors, uh, writers' services. Writers post there with uh, complaints, with recommendations for good services. Uh, they talk about their experiences. So it's a really great place to research any publisher or agent or other that you're thinking of approaching. Mm. Jane Friedman's website, janefriedman.com, uh, is a fantastic resource for informational resource for 
all aspects of self-publishing and publishing. Uh, I highly recommend it, and I send writers there all the time. And for self-publishing, I recommend David Gowron's Let's Get Digital website. <laughs> He's really a fantastic advocate and provider of information about all things to do with self-publishing, and he's really savvy about schemes and scams as well. Nice. That's awesome. Now, I apologize because I didn't put this in the outline, but would you mind just just as an illustrative example talking about like one particular scam you've, you've dealt with or seen recently just so that our listeners can kind of get an idea of like, here's how it works. Here's the nuts and bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, are you asking for an example, a scam example, or the wildest scam story ever? Oh, I man. Can do, I, I can do either. <laughs> both of those sound really, really good, actually. Okay, I, well, I'll, I'll do both. Okay, the scam that I am seeing the most and getting the most questions about right now are publishing and marketing scams based in the Philippines. The reason that they're coming out of the Philippines is that Author Solutions, which is one of the main assisted self-publishing companies, outsources much of its work to the Philippines, uh, where there's, you know, an educated English-speaking workforce. And a lot of the people who work for Author Solutions see how easy it is to Uh, get authors to cough up large amounts of money for dubious services. So they've set up kind of copycat companies that offer similar services to those that are offered by Author Solutions, except a lot more scammy. The services are lower quality, they're higher priced. Sometimes these companies just take the money and run. So among the markers of this scam are solicitation. If you're self-published and you get an email out of the blue from somebody saying, hey, we can do a much better job and we can take you to traditional publishing, well, that's probably one of those scams. Mm. Another marker is um, English language errors because uh, English is a second language for the people who are running these scams. Junk marketing, uh, the kind of marketing that's offered by Author Solutions, which is mostly profit-making and of dubious worth for book promotion, such as press releases, book trailers, uh, book fair display, um, radio, vanity radio interviews, and... I I would say that this is one of the main dangers for particularly self-published writers right now because these Mm. companies are really predatory and they are very actively trying to recruit people. Yeah, I've covered this a lot on the Writer Beware blog. So, you know, if you visit the Writer Beware blog and uh, you just look at my recent posts, you will see a lot of information on on these kinds of scams. 
Right. Now, you mentioned that they're actively seeking people out. Uh, after looking at the Writer Beware blog and, and looking into this a little bit, it sounds like one big fat red flag in general is if the agent or publisher or whatever approaches you, the aspiring writer. That's correct. Like generally, agents and publishers get a zillion submissions every day. They don't need to seek out people. So if they're seeking you out actively, unless you're already like a super famous person, it's probably not legitimate, right? That's correct. That goes for pretty much everything uh, from publishers to agents to uh, contests to any kind of writer service. Yeah. Any kind of out-of-the-blue solicitation should prompt caution. Yeah, like I've talked to the FSF, the guys who uh, edit the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and they said their magazine gets like a thousand submissions a month. So, I mean, I, I imagine that's not unusual for anyone associated in the publishing industry to get hundreds or even a thousand or thousands of submissions of whatever a month. So, like... The idea of somebody getting that going, I need to go look for more people is like, no. <laughs> and then no. there actually is um, a variety of scam now where um, you'll get a solicitation to be included in a magazine that is distributed at book fairs. Um, hmm. And it's actually paid advertising. They charge you an arm and a leg for a listing or a feature or an interview but again, that's an example of how, you know, if you're solicited, it's something, you know, not to trust. Right. And just because that magazine's there doesn't mean anyone's going to want to, like, buy it or look at it. Right, exactly. They might see it and just be like, what is this garbage? I don't want this. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> plus which, you know, if uh, say you're, you're, if the company says, yes, we're going to let the solicit, we're going to distribute this at book fairs, how do you even verify that that actually happened? Right, so. right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, unless you're going to go there, you, you can't tell or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or even if they do send a, do do some of the stuff that's promised like, "Oh, we'll send out press releases." Well, if it's like a terrible press release from a disreputable company, like no editor of any literary magazine is going to care. They'll just be like, "Okay, whatever." Well, what they yeah. usually mean by press releases is they post the release on one of the online press release distribution sites where there are nine gazillion other press releases and your, right. your press release will never be seen. Press releases, you know, even where they're targeted are a pretty useless method of book promotion because there are so many of them. If you, the only way a press release can work is if there's follow-up. You know, right. you send it to a targeted list, you follow up by phone or email, most of the time, press releases are just spammed out. Most yep. of the people who, you know, receive them won't even see them because they'll get caught by spam filters. That's one of the biggest rackets out there is um, charging to send out press releases. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I mean, even I've gotten a bunch of really questionable press releases for various products just because I maintain a writer website and... And I used to write for a, like an online magazine. Like, 
I have nothing to do with a press release. Like, I'm not a person who can actually take a press release and, like, make something big out of it. So it's I know. like, I know. wow, this is really badly targeted. You don't know me. And I've and some of them, like you've mentioned, aren't well-researched. Like, I think I, I've gotten several press releases for, like, male enhancement <laughs> products <laughs> because I used to write for a gay men's magazine. So, like, that, I guess that is vaguely relevant. But it's like, what? I... I am not the right audience for it. You did not do your <laughs> homework, buddy. <laughs> I know. I used to. Re- I used to do book reviews, and uh, I still get press releases from authors wanting me to review their books, and I haven't done that for years and years. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now you mentioned. Uh, what was the wildest scheme you've come across? I really want to hear about that. <laughs> okay. And this is not representative because it's way more bizarre than normal. So okay. um, there's there was this agent called Melanie Mills, and she was doing business in uh, North Carolina and charging fees. So um right where started getting complaints about her and uh you know we uh built up a file of the fee charging and the crappy literary agent contracts and then all of a sudden people started contacting us to say did you hear she died what our agent is dead what can we do how can we get our money back Come to find out that she had advertised a conference, taken a lot of money, and then faked her own death in order to avoid paying back the money. She then absconded to Canada, we found this out later, where she did the exact same thing. She set up a conference, she took in a lot of money, and then she disappeared. Um, and a lot followed with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and Whoa. she was eventually caught in part with Ryder Beware's help. But it turns out that she was wanted in the USA for attempted murder, Whoa. for kiting bad checks, and for some other felonious activities. And she had skipped bail on the murder charge and relocated to North Carolina, and that's where she set up the agency where we first heard about her. Uh, And her name wasn't Melanie Mills. It was something nobody is exactly sure because she used about 90 aliases. And, you know, it was just a wild story. If you go to my blog and uh, type Melanie Mills into the search box, I wrote a series of blog posts about this story. It's just uh, the most bizarre one we've ever encountered. And I should say she is not the only scam agent that we know of who has faked their own death in order to get... (laughs) In order to get out of providing services or reimbursing money. <laughs> wow. That's pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Like, that's that's so brazen, too. Like, to be on the lam for attempted murder and be like, I'm going to become a fake literary agent? I would want to keep a low profile. <laughs> and but she later published a 
a memoir, a memoir, quote unquote, she self-published it, but she actually was querying it to legitimate uh, publishers. I heard from a couple of people, but she- I'm not going to lie. I would read that. That sounds amazing. (laughs) She had had actually, she, she had real literary aspirations. I think it was her dream job. You know, along with along with passing bad checks and setting up fake conferences. <laughs> that is spectacular. Is she is she's out of prison? She beat the attempted uh, murder rap, I guess. Yeah, she was. I don't remember exactly, but she was more or less sentenced to time served. And she went to California. Every now and then, I hear from somebody who thinks they've encountered her, but who knows. Wow. That is that is spectacular. <laughs> that I think that's a good way to end it because that is an amazing story. Oh my god. <laughs> right. See, this is this is why this job is it, it can be fun sometimes because of weird stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you get asked about a literary scam and get involved in some sort of film noir murder (laughs) investigation. That is wild. Exactly. (laughs) Involving the Canadian Mounted Police. Yes, yes, the Mounties, (laughs) for sure. Dudley Do-Right was after this woman. That's crazy. (laughs) Yep, and I was, uh, I had quite a lot of email correspondence with them. Wow. All right. So (laughs) let's wrap things up. Uh, Before we go, do you have anything you'd like to plug? And where can people find your work? Uh, Well, you can uh, learn more about it on my website, which is victoriastrauss.com. Most of my books are available on Amazon and at other retailers. I haven't published anything in a while, but I'm working on a short story collection. So hopefully that will be out in the near future. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. That was really neat. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, totally. And thank you, audience, for listening. If you like what you heard, head over to patreon.com slash writegood, that's R-I-T-E-G-U-D, and sign up. Subscribers get access to the Discord server, bonus content, and the ability to move objects with your mind. And be sure to join us next time when we talk about the art of creepypasta. Thank you for listening, and good night. This has been Right Good with R.S. Benedict, hosted by R.S. Benedict and produced by Matt Keeley for KS Media LLC. This has been a Kitty Sneezes production. For comments and concerns, please write to us at writegood at kittysneezes.com. That's R-I-T-E-G-U-D at kittysneezes.com. If you'd like to support us, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash writegood. Kittysneezes.com in color. <laughs>